This is Dennis Regan, and welcome to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is proud to support the outstanding high school basketball played throughout central Illinois. Buckle up for a fast 60 minutes with News Gazette Media's Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Well put, Dennis Regan. Hi, this is Jim Rosso. A fast 60 minutes. It does feel like it goes by very quickly when we're in here. We need two hours. We, we probably could fill two hours. Doggone Illinois basketball. <laughs> ah, that's pretty <laughs> who, good. Who wants to listen to, the, to the, about that team? Oh, wow. <laughs> Hey, they're following up at 7 o'clock. Brian Barnhart, the coach. They're going to talk a little volleyball tonight, too. But oh, we're here to talk uh, boys and girls basketball mm-hmm. that's right. for an hour. Yep. Plenty going on. We're now into the uh, full swing of the season. Everybody's yep. played. Everybody's played at least once. Yep. Your rankings are now correct. I mean, Colin. they're probably a little more accurate than they were before, but I don't know about the word correct. Dennis Reekin knows what he's talking about. Do you know? Now, he stopped by the other day. Yes. Had a nice long chat. Mm-hmm. He's got some basketball in his background, but better yet, he was a sports writer back in the there day. There you before go. That's exactly what you want. Immensely successful businessman. He uh, worked for the St- Springfield State Journal Register as a stringer. Okay. Covering high school hoops. All right. I Tell like you, it. you want a, another fact about him? Dave Robish. Yeah. Former Kansas star. Mm-hmm. He's his classmate. Wow. How about how that? How about that in Springfield? So we have, I, I, what I'm getting from this is we have guests we can bring on the show in the future. I think so. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Perfect. Let's talk about the current high schoolers, though, Colin. That sounds good. I think we can do that. What struck you most here in the uh, you know, first couple uh, of weeks? There's a lot that's uh, there's a lot that struck me. I mean, uh, I think the one big thing from my perspective is uh, there's a lot of uh, boys basketball teams in this area that I think could be viable threats come postseason time. We're talking all four classes right now. And I know I said last week that uh, bigger school teams usually do have it harder in the playoffs just because, you know, they're facing off with more of the Chicago schools and the teams from up north. But that said... A lot of teams so far have impressed me, and there's uh, there's a, a few uh, girls' basketball programs as, re- as well that look really uh, really talented, really packed, and like they could make a deep postseason run. All right, here's the great thing about this show. Uh, there is no other show like it, and Colin's going to uh, get into girls' and boys' basketballs here from our downtown yep. studios and tweet at him because yes. we have some segments coming up. Ask Colin. He's, yes. he's the expert. He has answers for everything. <laughs> like how in the world did St. Thomas Moore beat Urbana oh, we'll on find Saturday, out. Day, Saturday well, night? Talking boys basketball. Right. But we will, uh, we will, I, I will try to answer that question anyway. I'm, I'm no expert. I saw you all. Even though Jim just said I was an expert. <laughs> no, you're the expert. I saw our all area uh, volleyball team in, yeah. in Sunday's News Gazette. Many of those Award winners are now playing basketball. That's right. Love yeah. to see those dual sports stars. Oh, yeah. Dual sports, tri sports. Uh, yeah, high school kids in this area absolutely follow through on, on staying busy the entire year. Uh, before we get into the girls' basketball top 10 for this week, we should mention uh, put out a call uh, during last week's show to try and get jerseys in uh, the studio mm-hmm. as we did mm-hmm. with football helmets. I know it is going to be a little more challenging to get jerseys just because I, I don't think schools have quite as many uh, current jerseys on stock as they do football helmets. And I don't want schools to, you know, have a kid not wearing a jersey to a game just because they had to put one on our show. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Jim might, but I don't. So uh, we, uh, if you're watching Facebook Live, we got our first jersey here, courtesy of Coach Jeff Finke over at Champaign Central. Uh, we got uh, what? What number is that jersey, Jim? That well, maroon jersey. Well, that's number fifty, and that holds special meaning to uh, any maroons C- fans. Can you explain why? Well, uh, one of their products, mm-hmm. right, Jordan Caroline. Yep. W- 
wore number 50. Familiar with him. At Central, and any college basketball fan knows what a stud he's turned out to be. A stud for a team that's ranked top 10 in the entire nation right now. Just today was honored for the second week as Mountain West Player of the Week. Sec- he, second time already? He is season going just to be in the NBA next year. That's what it sounds like. The season just started, and you're Player of the Week twice already? So what a... What a jersey to start with. Great jersey to start with. I wonder if he even wore this one. Okay, one I need a Brian Cardinal at Unity jersey. There we go. I like that. All right. Let's, let's get on right? it. You know what? I, I can't do that right now, but we do have a Unity guest later on in the show. How about a, Rav- a Ravante Rice Centennial Ooh, jersey? I'll probably do that. I'll probably have a Ravante Rice on the show sometime. Yeah. All these ideas. Every school in our area, I guarantee, has a celebrity alum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just think how neat the studio would look if we had those jerseys. You got a uh, Monticello Lauren Tate jersey? <laughs> yeah. You got a leather helmet for, <laughs> for Lauren. Uh, <laughs> no let, chin strap or anything like that. Just <laughs> Let's jump into our uh, top ten here. We're going to start with girls basketball this week because uh, girls basketball games happen on Monday nights. That's the one unique thing about this show is it, with regards to that. Uh, a lot of these teams are going to be playing games, so if we want to have girls basketball guests on the show, we got to get them on early so they can go off and uh, play or coach basketball right afterward. So we're going to jump into the girls basketball top ten. It was in today's News Gazette. You can see it online at news-gazette.com as well. Checking in at number ten this week, the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights, new to the rankings uh, after wins over Arthur Oakaw Christian and Oakwood. Uh, the Knights face Sullivan tonight, a team we will talk more about later in the rankings. Uh, number nine, the Urbana Tigers, four and two, up one spot this week from number ten. Uh, they lost to Normal West by a close six points, but rebounded by beating Peoria Manuel a short time later. Uh, another tough game on the schedule here tonight. Two top ten teams facing off. Urbanity gets Unity. Ur- Urbanity. What, what is Urbanity? I just mixed two teams. Urbana gets Unity tonight, and we will talk more about Unity in a bit. Uh, at number eight, we've got the Watsika Warriors, uh, seven and one, new to the rankings after uh, winning games against Hoopston area, Clifton Central, and South Newton out of Indiana. Uh, the lone loss for Watsika is to uh, Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin, another team we will talk about later in the rankings. Uh, Watsika faces Piatone next. Uh, that game's actually on Tuesday in non conference action. Uh, checking in at number seven, we have the Clinton Maroons, uh, Evan Kahn's team. Uh, the Maroons 6-2, and two, new to the rankings as well. They have wins over Hayworth and Tuscola, and they played Unity within one point last week. Uh, Clinton takes on Central A&M on Thursday in Central Illinois Conference action. And heading to number six, a team I think we've already talked about five times on this show just by virtue of association, the Unity Rockets. Uh, the Rockets are 6-2. and two. They have wins over Paxton, Buckley, Loda, Gibson City, Melvin, Sibley, and Clinton, as I mentioned before. And the Rockets host Urbana tonight in uh, non-conference action. So that should be a, a great game. And ahead of that game, wanted to uh, have a conversation with Uni- Unity's new coach, Dave Ellers. And Dave now joins us live on the show. Dave, thanks so much for being part of our program. No problem. Well, uh, your, your team has a, a penchant for close games so far. Four games decided by 10 or fewer points. Uh, three of them decided by one or two points, the slimmest margin you can get. Uh, what is this experience going to do for your girls as the season, as the season goes on? Well, I think it gives them some confidence knowing that no matter what the score is or so, uh, I think a couple of games we've had a lead and then uh, the other teams come back and then we've kind of battled back. And even in the uh, game we lost to Villa Grove, we had a layup right at the buzzer, a chance to tie that game up or whatever. So 
I think the girls have some confidence in uh, knowing that, uh, you know, they have a chance to uh, battle back no matter what the score is or how much time is left in the game. Well, you guys have six wins heading into tonight's matchup with Urbana. Out of those six, which one would you say has been the, the most important to the team so far? Well, I thought the Gibson City win was. Um, Gibson City, Melvin, Sibley. Um, we just got beat the night before or whatever by, by two points or whatever and uh, to come back and um, show some, uh, some toughness or whatever in that game. Um, it was a it was a very um, good game both ways or whatever. And um, for us to battle back, I think we was down six in the last two minutes or so and and uh, battle back in that game. I think that was a, a big uh, confidence boost for us. Well, uh, Dave took over the program from Braden Heil uh, before this season started. How has the adjustment process gone as far as you t- taking over and getting your kind of policies the way you like to run a team in tune with these girls? Uh, they've done a very good job. The girls have been very uh, – we had a few open gyms uh, before the season started, and uh, everybody showed up. And then during practices, we've worked very hard. The kids have been very, very coachable. Um, they're, they're listen, they listen well, and uh, I think it's the, the transition has been uh, very, very positive so far. Well, you're a Unity grad yourself, correct, Dave? That's correct. Yes, All right, so uh, going back to the alma mater to uh, help out the athletics program, I mean, what does it mean to you to have that role now as you're, you know, out of high school and uh, out in the working world? Well, it's, uh, I, it's uh, very, very enjoyable. I was uh, assistant coach here with, when Kerry Reddick was here. I was assistant coach here for nine years. I uh, did the JV or whatever, and then uh, took a c- couple uh, varsity positions or whatever, and then been at Parkland the last five years. So to, to come back here and just uh, be coaching um, some kids' grandkids who I went to school with and uh, a couple uh, kids that I coached then or whatever, be coaching their kids or whatever now is, uh, uh, is very exciting. Talking with Dave Ellers, uh, Unity Girls basketball coach. Uh, one one athlete of yours that we hear a lot about, and rightfully so, is Elise Knudsen. She's a, she's a scoring machine out there. I mean, how impressed have you been with what uh, what you've seen from her early on this year? Um, very, very impressed or whatever. I mean, uh, she's uh, one of the hardest workers in the program or whatever. Uh, we have four seniors and uh, three three juniors, and uh, all of them have worked very hard. And Elise just kind of stands out at on that portion of it, she works hard. She's not afraid to, to take the last shot or so or to uh, whatever it is, maybe guard the best person on that other team. Um, so she's a, she's a great athlete um, and, uh, you know, more than one sport or whatever. But um, she really makes – she kind of the engine that makes us go or whatever. And she kind of uh, – sometimes, uh, I mean, she'll she's uh, taking an assist almost and score a basket, which is a, a great character of, of a, a great basketball player. Absolutely. Well, uh, just to get you one more question here before we let you go off to uh, your game tonight, uh, your girls have Urbana in what should be a good uh, good test uh, on top of the other tests the girls have already had. Uh, what is it going to take to come out on top against the Tigers tonight? I think the biggest thing is uh, we just got to handle their pressure, uh, make sure we can handle their pressure on that portion of it, uh, uh, play some good defense. And uh, I, I was seeing a couple of their games or whatever, and I know that they're uh, – very athletic also, so we've got to, got to match their intensity um, on the board. I think the, the biggest thing is to come out with a good start or whatever playing here, here at the Rocket Center tonight. Very good. Dave Ellers from Unity Girls Basketball. Dave, thanks again for joining the show, and a good luck tonight and the rest of the way. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Love the Rocket Center. Yeah. First of all, let's start with that. I, I, I like the Rocket Center except for the fact that and this isn't the Rocket Center's fault. This is my 
cell phone subscribers fault you, you can't bring that i don't have cell coverage no. in there no, it's, it's, but besides that very nice very nice facility it's loud it gets real loud in there the sound just kind of cascades down onto the court no matter what mm-hmm. sport you're playing i listen during volleyball the fans are right there as there are a lot of places but it doesn't always ring quite so loud uh as it does at a place like the rocket center and those fans i mean you know they it sounds like they all have a megaphone right in front of their face and it's just kind of blaring at the the opposition it's got to be a little frightening out there for some some of the kids i like unity's approach because sometimes they'll play games in their old gym still oh yeah. there's a couple of those schools monticello's you know mm-hmm. high school gym is kind of the old gym yep. you got the middle school yep. down the road which yep. has a huge court yep. and seating and uh, urbana does the same thing sometimes they move th- some of their more important games to the middle school sure with that old big gym that uh yeah. is like huff hall you, you, you get a good noise yeah you don't want to uh sometimes it's hard to you know change the the what's going on at the high school whether because of money or because of nostalgia or what have you uh, it's just not in the cards to get a, an updated gym uh what, what you might call a newer gym mm-hmm. so you know it happens at the middle school first and there's nothing wrong with that i mean it just gives you an extra option for where to play your games i think it's a it's a great thing if if a school is able to do that all right head out to unity tonight if you want to see some good sure about they're, they're going to start very soon but uh you can drive listen, fast you can listen to us uh while you drive over there so Let's uh, let's continue our top ten countdown for girls basketball this week. Uh, checking in at number five, we got the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Uh, they are six and one. They won their first six games, uh, including victories over Watsika and Paxton Buckley Loda, uh, before falling to Schlarman on the road in Vermilion Valley Conference action. But I'll be honest, I was at that game, and outside of the first quarter, Bismarck looked uh, looked pretty solid uh, against a Schlarman team that has uh, two kids going D1 and probably five starters going to college somewhere to play basketball. So good showing for the Blue Devils there, even even in a loss. Uh, the Blue Devils face Hoopston area tonight in another Vermilion Valley Conference game. Shout out to Annie Nelson, high school confidential mm-hmm. correspondent. There you go. Annie Nelson, very talented scorer for that team. Emily Mydell, another all-around great player for them. Be, uh, we'll be on the lookout for BHRA this season. Uh, checking in at number four, we've got the Sullivan Redskins, who are 4-1. and one. They uh, lost to Tutopolis by six. Tutopolis, the reigning class uh, 2A third-place team. But consider that when those two teams met for a sectional title, uh, earlier this calendar year, Tutopolis won by about 25 or 30 points, so Sullivan is making some pretty big strides uh, catching up there. Uh, and Sullivan rebounded by defeating Shelbyville by 60 points, so that's a, that's a decent way to bounce back from a loss. Uh, another really tough game tonight, mentioned it earlier, Sullivan gets Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond on the road for a non-conference bout. Uh, checking in at number, f- number three, we've got the uh, Tri-County Titans. Tri-County 6-0. Has not played since November 23rd, though. Uh, its game against Uni High last week was postponed due to poor weather. Uh, Tri-County gets to visit uh, a familiar team here, Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond, which apparently has the toughest schedule of the week right now. Uh, Tri-County facing them on Tuesday in Little Okaw Valley Conference play. Heading over to our number two team, we have the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans remain in place at number two. They are 8-0. They have victories over Urbana, Tuscola, Danville, and Oakwood in succession. So it's a nice showing for St. Joe of late. Uh, And things don't get any easier. Uh, The Spartans host Muhammad Seymour tonight in non-conference action. And uh, before that game gets underway, we're going to talk with another coach. Uh, We're joined now by St. Joe Ogden coach Kevin Taylor. Kevin, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. 
You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, you guys are in the midst of an extremely challenging portion of your schedule. I mean, why uh, why was it important for you to get these opponents on the schedule for your girls before, you know, Illini Prairie Conference play really gets going? Well, uh, like you said, conferences around the corner, but also uh, looking at the postseason, we, we definitely want to be uh, battle-tested and and uh, ready to go when, when, uh, when everything matters the most. What did you learn from your team in those games against uh, Urbana, Tuscola, Danville, and Oakwood? Uh, all four teams, either bigger school programs or smaller programs that have had a lot of success. What did you learn about the girls in those games? Uh, you know, those teams, like you said, are, come from uh, bigger uh, schools, and uh, don't mean this in a negative way at all. But they they play, you know, pretty pretty physical at times, and so I think that was good for us to see. And uh, we could always be a little tougher on our end. I, I feel like as a coach, I guess. But uh, you know, that was one thing it took away, and just uh, you know, those some of those games are a little faster pacer than others, and uh, it was good to see how we responded to that as well. Well, uh, your team has tallied uh, at least 52 points in seven of its eight uh, outings so far. What's been the key to the offense getting off to such a strong start? Well, to be honest with you, um, I think uh, we've been focusing more on defense. So we really haven't even uh, focused a whole lot on offense yet. And uh, I think some of our defense has turned into some points, but also I think just uh, – you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm blessed with a very talented team, so that doesn't that doesn't hurt at all either. But uh, you know, uh, we got some shooters, and obviously they can hit some shots for us when we need it. But uh, I hope our actually our offense can improve as the year goes on. To be honest, talking with Kevin Taylor, St. Joseph Ogden girls basketball coach. You mentioned your team being very talented, and I uh, can't argue with that. Uh, part of the reason it's so talented: Bree Trimble and Peyton Crow, your two uh, leading point producers from last year, are back in the fold. Uh, how to just having those two girls alone? How does that kind of set the table for you guys as far as success goes? Well, those two are definitely the main uh, ones on offense, I guess. But we're all we're trying to get some balance too. But those two help the others. We actually got a good mixture. We got some uh, girls that have been playing for well, like those two, and along with uh, McLean uh, Taylor, they they've played all four years that they've been in high school at the varsity level. So that experience is great. And then we got Hannah Dukeman as a junior who also has been playing since she was a freshman. So I think that experience has helped them. And then we got, you know, some sophomores and freshmen that are uh, also on the team that are getting some experience. So I think all that combined, just uh, bringing Peyton help definitely helps set the table for us. But, uh, uh, you know, just I think we got some balance as well. Yeah, you, uh, you kind of bled into my next question there, talking about who are some of the other girls we should be watching this year. I mean, uh, from the way you're talking – uh, this reminds me a lot of the St. Joseph Ogden volleyball team, which, you know, it was very balanced and pretty much everybody was contributing. I mean, is that how you see this program rounding out right now? Well, um, I do, and some of those uh, volleyball players carried over to basketball as well. Mm-hmm. And, and we, along with defense, we've been stressed and balanced this year offensively too. Um, we definitely have the, the players that are capable. They just need to maybe have a little experience at, at uh, stepping up and scoring for us. But I just uh, that's another thing I think that will help us in the postseason. Obviously, people are going to focus on Bree and Peyton, and deservedly so. But uh, that's where these other players, I, I uh, think, will step up for us down the road. Well, uh, after Muhammad Seymour tonight, uh, which uh, no game you could ignore, of course, uh, you start a four-game road trip before going into a holiday tournament. And uh, among that four-game trip is Tutopolis, a Class 2A third-place team from last year. 
what kind of test is that going to provide for your girls? And how do you guys come out on top during this, come out on top frequently during this tough uh, road stretch you have coming up? It is tough. Um, T-Town is obviously very talented year after year, and I'm looking forward to that game. Obviously, we gotta we got to focus on tonight first, but uh, as we get into that stretch, games like that are, are I think are huge for us uh, to see where we're at as a program. And, and uh, I mean, Teutopolis has a, a tremendous track record. I don't remember every time we go there, I, I get to see their program and how many regionals they've won in the last 20, 30 years. It's, it's crazy, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, it's 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 exciting. It's a good test for us, and we played them last year, and we we played them with a real good game, and uh, we I think we ended up losing by four or five. But um, I'm anxious to see where we're at this year with, like, when we play them. Kevin Taylor, St. Joseph Ogden girls basketball. Kevin, thanks again for taking some time. Good luck tonight and the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Bree Trimble, I saw on our All Area Volleyball team. Did you I not? Certainly did. Yeah, she's a she was a star libero for the uh, the St. Joe Ogden Spartans, who went thirty and four on the season. I'm sure uh, Kevin Taylor wouldn't mind his team going something like that. And her older brother was hmm. quite a standout. Uh, it, it, not just that, that that family. I mean, going way going mm-hmm. way back, going back a couple of uh, generations. Uh, not all at St. Joe, but just uh, around this area, a lot of good basketball players. Some some individuals, one of basketball coaches. The Trimble family has uh, big roots uh, in the area basketball scene. Uh, well, before we hit our first break, we're going to round out our girls' basketball top ten for this week. At number one, it's the Schlarman Hilltoppers, six and one after defeating Bismarck Henning and uh, the aforementioned two topless wooden shoes uh, last week. Uh, Schlarman visits Armstrong Potomac tonight in a Vermilion Valley Conference matchup. And uh, I would have said St. Joe Ogden probably has the toughest schedule in the area for girls basketball. But then, of course, you look at Schlarman and they're scheduling a bunch of 3A and 4A schools to play against. So that kind of takes the cake. But what can you do? Tell you what, if you disagree with Collins' top 10, ask him about it because that's what we're going to get into after this first break. Now, back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. 625, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential, Jim Rosso with Colin Likas, Evan Kahn, former Clinton Maroon, Tamara McDaniel, former Centennial Charger, making the show work. We're here till 7 o'clock. Brad Underwood, Brian Barnhart from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and Savoy. She got Brad Underwood on here sometime, and Nancy Fahey also to see if they're ever recruiting anybody in this in our coverage area. They would love to talk about that, really. You know that yeah. <laughs> illegally and get <laughs> themselves. Yeah, we're recruiting. I okay. You know what? Fine. <laughs> yeah did I, did I see Ariel Scott got her first start yeah. this weekend? Yeah, thank you, she Evan. She did. She did. Former. Uh, Schlarman and uh, Urbana stand out. She is going to be featured in the News Gazette by Joe Vizelli this very week. Oh, I didn't know that. It's Anthony good, good Zillis, to know. Uh, if you if you look at his uh, his long long story on her back mm. when she was at uh, I think at Urbana High School. She was at, at Urbana point. at that point. Yeah, yep. doing it well, and uh, yep. we'll catch up with her. Yeah, good uh, to see her uh, make a bounce back after not playing her senior year of high school. All right, as the News Gazette expert, Colin Likas has asked questions at every stop he makes. 
Right. Ask me about recruiting because other people can't talk about yeah, it. Darn right. You know, it's uh, you honest. Can't answer I'll, these. I'll be honest. I do sometimes forget about that. I'm so embroiled in the prep scene. I don't even really think about what's going on with the with the college scene until something like that comes up. And then I'll, I'll I'll think, and then somebody will remind me. They can't talk about that. I was like, yeah, of course they can't talk about that. Yeah, it's just my my brain just kind of like shuts off until until that actually comes up. Like it happened with Luke Luffman, who recently signed with the University Mm -hmm. of Illinois wrestling, and I had a brain fart where I was like, oh, I can't talk to their coach. I can't talk to Illinois wrestling's coach Jim Heffernan about that. He's he's gonna get in trouble. Did he pin you? What did he pin you? Did he? He pinned me, no, but he declined my my questioning, which was a smart thing to do, uh, because and then I, I realized, oh yeah, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm being stupid, but yeah, we can uh, we can answer other questions, including recruiting questions. You know what? I actually got a recruiting question uh, almost as soon as I put out the 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 uh, note on Twitter to to ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Somebody sent me an email. Uh, JT Hammett, he asked me, when the season's over, how many Division One offers will GCMS's Ryland Holt have? Mm. Which is an interesting question. Ryland Holt has received quite a bit of Division One interest. Uh, I see him popping up on Twitter all the time, especially during the summer he was when he was on the AAU scene. He was getting a lot of uh, tweets and a lot of love uh, from various outlets. Um, so it's a, it's a good question, and... Um, I could, I mean, I could imagine if he has a successful season that he could be in the high single digits for Division One offers by the end, um, and I imagine those Division One offers will keep growing in school size as the season goes mm-hmm. on. I mean, the first game he, he came back from state football helped uh, GCMS football to its second state state title, second straight state title. The very next day, he went and played in Gibson City's holiday tournament as he did the year before, put up a game high twenty three points as the Falcons uh, won. So if he keeps doing stuff like that, the Division One offers are going to flow in. Uh, you know, six foot four, got a good body, good uh, good size, uh, good hops. He can handle, I mean, he's a wide receiver in football. He can handle a basketball pass very well. Um, I, I don't see any reason why he can't have high single digit, maybe even low double digit D1 offers by the time his career is wrapped up with the Falcons. All right, tweet your questions to Colin at, at C Lycus, capital N, capital G. And, you know, I uh, this wasn't a, a question that was really directed to me as part of the segment, but I thought it would still be interesting to mm-hmm. talk about. And I addressed it uh, today in my prep pulse that is on uh, uh, on every Wednesday's News Gazette uh, about the shot clock that uh, recent uh, recently was put into place. Uh, there is, I'm sorry, the running clock. There is no shot clock in high school basketball. I, I missed that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I missed it to too. I made it up. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the running clock is what I meant to say in high school basketball. I got to see it for the first time uh, last Friday uh, when St. Joseph Ogden took on Westville. St. Joe ended up putting up a running clock. It was a rule, and somebody asked me about it, said, when, when did the running clock come into play? Uh, during the summer, uh, the IHSA, through some through its advisory committees, uh, approved some changes to rules in golf, in wrestling, and in basketball, boys and girls basketball. And one of the rules in basketball was a running clock. If a team is up by 30 or more points at any time in the fourth quarter of a regular season game, then a running clock is put into place similar to football where it only stops. Well, it doesn't even stop for scores. It stops only for injury timeouts um, and regular timeouts, things like that. So, you okay with that, Colin? I mean, I like I said in my prep pulse, I don't really have an opinion either way. I was thinking about it more 
The only party that I could really see it helping all that, definitively helping, is journalists who are on a deadline. Uh, it basically helps the games end faster so journalists can go write their stories. As far as the kids go, and somebody else emailed me about this separately, you know, a lot of times during a game that's one-sided, you get your JV kids or you get your fringe varsity kids, guys who are working hard trying to correct the varsity lineup. That's when they get on the floor during a lopsided game. Well, guess what? You speed up their, their one quarter that they might be in, and all of a sudden they're, they're barely on the floor at all. They're on the floor for eight literal minutes instead of, you know, 20 literal minutes or 24 literal minutes, however long an eight-minute quarter might take. Um, and so I see that argument, certainly. Um you know, I talked. I haven't talked with a bunch of coaches yet about it. I talked with uh, Schlarman girls coach Keith Peoples about it, specifically because his team blew out so many opponents last year that a running clock would have been a frequent feature at most of the Hilltoppers games. And he, he seemed on the fence toward the negative side uh, about his feelings about it at the time. Uh, didn't uh, felt like you know there were a lot of opportunities in blowout games where he could work through things with offensive defense that you know in a in a tight game you can't really work on because if you try to work on stuff like that you might end up losing the basketball game as a result. So he sees those games that are maybe a little more one sided as opportunities to get some fresh legs out there, work through some new uh, strategies, and now that opportunity is kind of being minimized. Uh, so I guess from that perspective, you could say if you're the IHSA, we're trying to level the playing field so people aren't just kind of doing workouts during basketball games, which I, I can understand that as well. Maybe we'll get to that uh, second part of your uh, ask, Colin, and ask about the shot clock. You know, that's uh, the that's, shot clock. That's yeah. really that's what uh, some fans want. I to guess see. that is the next natural yeah. thing. Yeah, let's let's save that for the the second segment. Okay. I like that. Tell you what, we uh, we have to get to the boys' top ten. Mm -hmm. You all right with doing that? We certainly do. We haven't revealed it yet. All right. Well, uh, that's in tomorrow's paper, of course. But we'll uh, we'll unveil it after this break. The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues with Colin and Jim on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Thanks, Dennis. 635. Again, we're downtown Champaign. Want to come wave at us? Yeah, please do. Big windows <laughs> here at News Gazette Media. I, sh I, sh I wanted to say before we move on to the boys basketball top ten, I misspoke before. No, running clock doesn't stop during regular timeouts. Only during injury timeouts. Thank I just you. wanted to clear that up. Thank you, Colin. Yes, no problem. May we proceed now? I, I mean, if you want to. That's up to you. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. Third straight <laughs> week, uh, a new number one for our boys basketball yeah. top ten. You know, things are always uh, always possibly changing depending on how teams perform and that is the case today but we'll uh we'll start at the bottom and work our way up of course the bottom is a pretty uh, high threshold still within our top 10 checking in at number 10 this week for our boys basketball top 10 we have the ridgeview mustangs who are four and one uh down two spots this week uh, but they won their first four games before losing to leroy uh the mustangs host flanagan cornell on tuesday in heart of illinois conference action uh, checking in at number nine, we have the Gita Christian Tribe. Uh, the Tribe is 6-1 and one and has won five games in a row, including a 58-55 overtime decision against Oakwood. Uh, Gita Christian hits the floor Tuesday for a non-conference game against Salt Fork. Checking in at number eight, a team that I, I think I forgot to put in last <laughs> week, and uh, then I suddenly realized it after the show, the Monticello Sages. 
uh, 3-0. and I think I forgot about him because of, of football. I don't know why that didn't apply to GCMS as well. But that said, uh, Monticello 3-0 and at number 8 this week. Uh, the Sages have scored between 53 and 58 points in each of their games and have won by at least 10 points each time. Uh, Monticello visits Auburn on Tuesday for a non-conference game. It's lone game of the week. Basically, you're apologizing. To uh, yeah, Sages. I am. Kevin, Kevin Roy, really nice guy. Got a good team over there led by Benton Singleton and some others. Uh, yeah, I, my bad. I, I realized that afterwards, but, you know, I can't really go back and change the actual newspaper. So at that point, we kind of just have to stick with it. Uh, moving on to number seven, we have the Cisna Park Timberwolves, who are 1-0. and They've played just one game so far, won their opener against a good Bismarck-Henning-Rossville-Alvin team, which is just on the outside of our top ten this week. Uh, Cisna Park gets back on the floor today, hosting Armstrong-Potomac in non-conference action. Uh, earlier today, I talked with Cisna Park boys basketball coach Kevin Long. Uh, he discussed with me uh, the importance of his six foot seven twin brothers seniors uh the Staddley brothers christian and julian how important they are to this timberwolves program they've matured a lot mentally and physically i've um, done a great job in the weight room and um you know experience is the best teacher this will be their third year of varsity basketball so you know from a physical and mental standpoint um they've come a long ways and um you know our post game is no secret but we feel like we have um an eight-man rotation that includes six guards right now that can all score the ball too so we're kind of excited about the balance that um, we bring to the table offensively. We feel like we have seven or eight different guys on any given night that can give us double-figure scoring. So that's a nice addition to the to our post game with our perimeter game also. Well, you can't teach size. Size matters. But, um, you know, we, we play a handful of 1A schools, and um, the majority of our schedule is um, 2A schools, and we'll see a few 3A schools along the way too. But um, that's all about design and preface, you know, so we can peak come February and hopefully March. Yeah, we feel like when we got two bigs, you know, two kids um, roaming the paint, um, six foot seven, and um, they're starting to develop their face-up skills too. So we feel like we're pretty multidimensional offensively. That was Kevin Long, Cisna Park boys basketball coach. He's been there forever. He's been. This is his 19th season, I believe. He told me over the phone, which uh, among area coaches, uh, there's not many who can top that. I mean, we we just I. I just, I don't want to say lost because they're still around, but they just left uh, their jobs. Chad Benedict over at Muhammad, Brian Brooks over at St. Joe, two guys who were in their respective jobs for more than 10 years. Uh, I mean, besides uh, Kevin Long for boys coaches, you got somebody like Rodney Keller who's in his 30th year at Ridgeview. That's about the only comparable number. How about this, Colin? Your next three teams in the top 10 all have first-year coaches that is true and that is a crazy thing to think about but you know sometimes uh, sometimes teams are just ready to go no matter who is in charge and things just click right off the bat uh checking in number six this week we have the saint joseph ogden spartans uh who are down a few spots this week uh, they're one and two but i think they're better than their record uh, their losses are to uh, class 3a champagne central which we'll talk about later as well as williamsville a team that was a number one seed in class 2a last year so really no shame for the spartans losing right now and the games were close as well so it's not like they're losing by losing by large margins there uh, St. Joseph Ogden's going to try to bounce back when it, it visits Rantoul on Friday for an Illini Prairie Conference game. Checking in at number five this week, we have the St. Thomas More Sabres, who are 6-1 and one with wins over St. Teresa and Urbana. Uh, the win over the Tigers, a nice close game. I believe it was 73-69 was the final score. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I believe that was the final score. Uh, the Sabres host Oakwood today in a non-conference game. 
Checking in at number four, we have the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Uh, three and one are the Bulldogs. They have wins over aforementioned St. Thomas Moore as well as Charleston to open Apollo Conference play. Uh, the Bulldogs' lone losses to Danville, another team we will talk about a little later on in the countdown. Uh, Muhammad Seymour continues its Apollo Conference run this week when it visits Mount Zion on Tuesday for an Apollo Conference game. And uh, that's our that's our first seven teams, our I guess our ten through three teams, or ten through four teams, I'm sorry, in our boys' top ten. Hey, for not having that tournament, uh, Muhammad Seymour has played like all the local teams anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Them. And uh, they start the Apollo Conference there, uh, scheduled there early because, you know, you double dip with everybody. So uh, plenty of good opportunities to rack up quality wins for the Bulldogs so far. And uh, we're going to be joined now by one of those first-year coaches that uh, Jim mentioned. Uh, joining us now over the phone is Muhammad Seymour boys basketball coach Ryan Bosch. Ryan, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. No, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, you got that first win under your belt uh, right away with Muhammad Seymour uh, defeating Rantoul on November 19th. I mean, what did it mean to you and to the program to, you know, get that, that first victory as the head coach, just get it off the table right away, get it get it done and out of the way? Um, you know, it's, it, it feels good. Uh, more than anything else, I was just happy for our kids. Um, knowing how much work that they had put into all of this throughout the off season and preseason and all of that, you know, I, I was just happy that they kind of got a little bit of a, a relief because I think they were starting to feel some of the pressure too there as the game wore on um, when it was kind of back and forth early. So I was just happy for, for the kids and for the program. And, and you know, um, it's hard, I believe, to, to follow somebody like, like Chad Benedict and, um, you know, I think even the kids were, were feeling that a little bit. So it's just nice to uh, to get everybody off on the right foot. Yeah, you talked about uh, Chad Benedict, former coach of Muhammad, for, for more than 10 years. How quickly have your boys uh, adjusted to this change in leadership with you being in charge of the program now? Uh, I think they've, they've, they've done a nice job. You, you know, we've, we've stressed to them that the, the program's got expectations, um, you know, reaching back farther than Coach Benedict, and um, we've got high expectations for them as uh, students and as athletes and as sons and community members, and um, they're going to rise to meet those expectations. And so, you know, I think that they've, they've kind of bought into, you know, it's bigger than just one person or, or one coach, and it's, it's a lot to take on, but I think that they've, they've kind of embraced it. And so that's what, you know, spoken to, to me is how good our culture is and just how much the kids have bought into that. Well, uh, you say it's more about one, more than about one person, which is absolutely true, but hard to ignore the fact that uh, Grant Coleman and your guys' win over Charleston last week unloaded for 39 points as he got a double-double. I mean, does he have a chance to be that, that new Corey No or Noah Benedict type of leader for this Muhammad Seymour program? Oh, for sure. I mean, Grant's, Grant's a special player no doubt and he had a he had a phenomenal game the other night it was it was good to see the basketball go through the hole a few times for him he'd kind of struggled shooting from the perimeter uh, to start the season but um you know he he's more than just kind of the, the scorer I, I told him when i took him out of the game there at the end that i was just i was really proud of the way he passed the ball the way he rebounded the ball um, his defensive effort was good. I mean, I, I think he's going to certainly leave his mark on this program over the next couple of years before he's done. 
Um, and, and so I think that that's made the transition a little bit easier is, is having a kid like that who's, who's you know, kind of got that potential in him to be special and have a night like that. Talking with Ryan Bosch from Muhammad Seymour Boys Basketball. Uh, you have several Apollo Conference games coming up here uh, before you guys head into the State Farm Holiday Classic. How important will it be to, to try and gain some momentum in league play before you switch to pretty much the opposite of league play where you're facing a bunch of teams yeah. you don't see quite as often? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be really important for us here going through this stretch. Um, we got Mount Zion tomorrow night. At, uh, on the road, and then we got to turn around and uh, face Taylorville on Thursday, who's obviously, um, you know, had to handle a lot of adversity uh, over the weekend. And uh, there are no nights off in the conference, and so you, you're, you're well scouted, and the kids know each other, and so it makes it it's a tough stretch to go through here, uh, kind of with that mentality uh, before you head to State Farm, and then yeah. People don't have you scouted quite as well. You're seeing different kind of athletes, but great competition over at the State Farm Classic as well. Yeah, you talked about the adversity that Taylorville has faced. Uh, I don't know if you can tell us this ahead of time, but is there anything special planned for for that game with uh, the Taylorville residents trying to recover from the, the tornado that struck uh, the town recently? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to uh, be too forward, but we've spoken a little bit as a coaching staff and, and as a program with the administrators about doing a couple of different things just to, you know, to let them know that we're thinking about them and we're in this together with them. And uh, Coach Ryan Brown over there, I know he's had his guys out in the community helping with the relief effort already. Um, but, uh, you know, we just want to kind of extend um, whatever small gesture we can do uh, when we face them here this week to let them know that, that they're in our thoughts and our prayers. Excellent sentiment from Muhammad Seymour boys basketball coach Ryan Bosch. Ryan, thanks again for joining the show. Uh, good luck this week and the rest of the season as well. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Coach Bosch in a good position, you know, because Chad Benedict didn't exactly leave. You can always right. tap him for advice he's, and uh, yep. tactics. He's Chad's still in the office, yep. Assistant principal yes. at the high school. It's just like uh, Kyle Duvall, new St. Joseph Ogden coach with uh, Brian Brooks. Brian, was I saw, I ran into him at the game on Friday against Westville. He was He's still there, and Chad's still going to be a Muhammad. It's a, it's a unique situation where those coaches didn't leave to go take other jobs, other, other basketball jobs anyway. They, looked, uh, they left to take jobs within where they already were. Mm-hmm. They just stepped away from basketball. All right, as we finish our top ten when we come back from this break, we'll deal with three coaches who are still there. Mm-hmm. How about that? There you go. We'll be right back. Now, back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. Thanks again to Dennis Reagan. Support makes the show possible. I'm I'm not, I don't want to question Dick Van Dyke Appliance World's business model, but you get the whole store. That's, man, they got to restock a lot. Pick up your Thursday News Gazette, get to see his uh, ad on page two. Awesome. Yeah, you'll uh, you'll get some basketball storylines each week to go with that. We'll uh, alternate between boys and girls. Mm-hmm. I'll be handling those. Maybe Matt, Matt Daniels will step in once in a while to write some, but primarily I'll be taking care of that. I'm telling you, if you get the News Gazette, you get spoiled. Oh, That's yeah. the best way to put it with the high school coverage uh, uh, under the leadership of Colin Likas. Yes. One thing I, one thing I do want to mention before we finish mm-hmm. out our top ten and go to some more questions, uh, for those who 
were aware that we were supposed to run the girls swimming and diving all area team in Tuesday's news because mm-hmm. that's been pushed forward a day to Wednesday because we don't have quite enough pages in tomorrow's paper to, to give it the pro- proper treatment it deserves. So for anybody who's, you know, looking out for that. You got the uh, all area girls swimming and then all area football, oh. and then we're done with our yeah. fall all area packages. We're, gonna, we're, we're, taking, uh, we're taking on Memorial Stadium on Wednesday night. It's supposed to be a balmy, you know, mid-20s mm-hmm. as we go in there for some all area first team photos. Looking forward to that. All right. Uh, high school basketball rankings, I noticed, mm-hmm. will debut this week. Yes, Colin. I and am. One of, the, one of the questions I got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak one in before okay, you finish ahead. the rankings. Wanted to know what area teams cracked your top 10 yeah, statewide. That's what I'm still working on right now. I just uh, had done my 2A poll uh, before I came in, so I still got to do my 1A poll. Um, I'll, I'll be forward about it for once. I usually try to be coy with these kind of things, but I, I put Danville in my 4A poll. I thought they were mm-hmm. deserving. Um, I put Gibson City, St. Thomas More, and Monticello in my 2A poll. I think I'm apologizing sufficiently to Monticello for leaving them out of the rankings last week. Vote them number one, why don't you? (laughs) Uh, But 1A, I haven't uh, voted yet. I would say at least uh, System Park's going to be in there. I think that's a team to watch all year. But uh, that's for boys. Girls' rankings, I haven't even done my polls there yet. I'm still, uh, I started with the boys, going to do girls next. And uh, a a lot of stuff to go through right now. You'll see those in the uh, pages of the News Gazette, but explain to our listeners, Colin, mm-hmm. these are sports writers from around the state basically all putting in ballots, yep. and that's who determines these rankings. That's right, yep. It's uh, and, and, you know, sometimes it's tough because not all of the results around the state are uh, tabulated in a timely manner. Uh, you know, there's uh, some uh, 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 teams that don't really have representation in the uh, among the state media, at least not strong representation, so they don't really get talked about. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're winning a bunch of games, and we realize, oh, we should have had them in the rankings. So usually the first rankings are a really kind of rough estimate, and they're the only ones that take place uh, in the, this part of the calendar year. Our next rankings don't come out until early in January. So uh, it's it's, but that is how it works. Yes, media members from around the state. I have probably 20, 25 emails from the last 24 hours or so with people giving their input about teams they think should be in the top 10 for class one through four, a boys and girls. And you got to go through all that. You go through who won state last year, see what people brought back. Mm-hmm. It's a really long process, but uh, I think by the end of the year we usually have it pretty pretty well down. You got some pretty cool tournaments coming up. They'll tell you oh, a yeah. lot from Centralia to Collinsville to yes. State Farm. Yeah, to tournaments tell Pontiac. you a ton. I mean, uh, conference play can only tell you so much, really. Um, yeah, that's what's different between football and basketball. Tournaments are a big deal in basketball rankings. So you perform well during uh, Christmas, and you're going to probably get a boost uh, in your stock. Excellent. We'll get back to the area top ten then yeah. for me. Let's uh, roll ahead. We got three teams left. Uh, I mentioned uh, two of them already. Uh, I'll explain why one of them was not in my state uh, top ten for its class. But number three in our top ten is Gibson City, Melvin Sibley. Uh, the Falcons three and two. The record's not really there, but that of course is because a majority of their team was playing football at Memorial Stadium during the first week of the season. So that does kind of make it a little tough to uh, to uh, compete typically. Uh, but the Falcons are three and two. Defeated Flanagan Cornell in their lone game last week. Uh, the Falcons visit Tri Valley on Tuesday for another Heart of Illinois Conference game. Checking out number two, we have the Champaign Central Maroons, who are 3-1. and one, Dropped their first game of the season at Peoria Richwoods. Uh, leading scorer Khalil Terry was not in the lineup for that game. Uh, the Maroons will try to rebound on Tuesday against Morton in non-conference action. 
talk about Cleo Terry uh, missing that game. Mm-hmm. Is he back uh, tomorrow night, Kyle? Uh, that's that I'm not sure of. Though. That's something that's probably going to be a coach's decision. So that's uh, we'll we'll have to check out the box score, check out Twitter ahead of time, mm-hmm. and uh, figure out what's going on. But it would certainly help the Maroons if Cleo Terry was in the lineup. You covered a Danville uh, Centennial game mm-hmm. earlier, and uh, Centennial was missing some players. Yeah, as Centennial well. was missing three kids who I saw start that game against Champaign Central in the season opener, and Centennial played well against Danville despite missing those three kids they were beating the Vikings by one point uh, after after half mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh, it's unfortunate you know sometimes uh, as Tim Lavin centennial coach told me kids just they, they didn't make the best decisions at school he left it at that and you know that's what happens sometimes we're talking about uh, we're talking about high school kids we're talking about kids between the ages of 14 and 18 sometimes decisions are made that you know things don't work out and they've gotta they gotta suffer the consequences sometimes but hopefully none of these talented kids have to stay off the floor too long all right, Maroons and Chargers. Maybe they'll be back at full strength this yeah. week. But uh, checking in at number one is the Danville Vikings, our new number one this te- number one team this week. Eight and zero are the Vikings. A bit of a surprise to some because they lost four starters last year, and yet the Vikings are just rolling along. Uh, Eight and zero, as I said, they own wins over Moline and Pontiac. Uh, Danville has scored at least 63 points in every game and 70 or more in six of their eight wins. The Vikings host Bloomington on Friday in Big 12 action. Bloomington was a team that was ranked along with Danville in the last Class 4 April of the 2017-18 season. So that could be a pretty pretty significant matchup early in the year for Danville. Danville on quite a run under Ted Haupt here the last yeah. two or three years. Ted was a, quite a player back in his oh, yeah. day. He probably would never tell you right now, but yeah, absolutely. But the dude could shoot from half court, and I'm not lying. And guess what? His son can, too. He's That's transferred right. that ability. Sean Haupt will pull up from the moon and, and throw down a shot for you. It's, uh, he's clearly gotten it from his dad. But uh, I wanted to mention, though, uh, I did say I would explain why I didn't have one of those top three teams in my, in my state rankings, mm-hmm. Champaign Central and Class 3A. Uh, my thinking is, uh, after watching the Maroons fall short, uh, without first time without Khalil Terry in the lineup, I would like to see them, uh, if Khalil is going to continue to be out, which as I said, I don't know if he is, I would like to see, you know, the rest of the team, you know, maybe maybe step up a little more to uh, to show me that they should be, you know, a state-ranked team right now. But I think even with or without Khalil Terry, the Maroons are a talented bunch who are on the fringe of that 3A top 10. And Class 3A has got a lot of good teams in it. So the fact that Champaign Central is fighting for a spot right now regardless of the roster construction, I think is a, is a good sign for, for uh, Jeff Finke's bunch. Got a tough week for the Maroons. Got Morton and then uh, the normal uh, Ironman, I do believe. Yes, that, uh, that Morton game was not a, on the original schedule either. It was mm-hmm. something that happened because, as we've mentioned on this program before, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the vi- concerns about violence in the area causing the cancellation of the Champaign County tournament that was supposed to be scheduled involving the Maroons and, and five other programs. And the Morton game came out of that. All right. Where are you going to be this weekend, Colin? It's a good question. Still okay. working that part out. <laughs> I'll be I'll be all over the place. I mean, uh, but tonight I will be writing prep highlights from the office so you can see my writing in Tuesday's News Gazette. All right. Great week, Colin. We'll see you next Monday. Sounds good, Jim. That's it for this week's edition of the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. We'll be back next week to look at girls and boys area basketball. 
Before then, we have the Coach Brad Underwood show at Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. Brian Barnhart's down the road getting set up for that. We'll send it down there to see what they have to say. See you next week.